You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, it's your turn. Hit it. Everybody, welcome. It's Dave's Corner Garage for another episode this Saturday morning. Uh, today, we're going to be joined by Terry O'Keefe from Omvic, the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. And we're going to get an education on branding, mm-hmm. turning back your mileage, buying a car from somebody you shouldn't know, and all kinds of good things. Good morning. <laughs> morning. <laughs> Terry's here. Uh, we're also going to be talking with a young lady called Elaine Campbell which is with Abuse Hurts. We're going to be talking about elder abuse. We're going to talk about male abuse, children abuse. And this company actually will request that if you're throwing your car away or you want to donate your car, we would like to have it. They would put it back into the system and get some money out of it and do good things with it. So we're going to talk about that. We've got a great contest. What is it? A great contest. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> little he's, humor there. He's Very letting little. it out of the bag early again. <laughs> little humor there. Go oh, ahead. I see it's written down here. Tell Something us about, about it, Steve. Go ahead. Well, it doesn't really start till next week, but it's uh, with Walk Away, and we're giving away tickets for the Jays yep. against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. All right, in uh, in June when uh, you can see Vladdy Jr. hit a home run again, hopefully. And also, what do you mean again? Well, I'm just that was a double. That's. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I was, it was he hit a, a long fly ball last night. No, I know it was. I think I talked to his dad. It was a home run. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that and also you get to stay over at the Marriott Hotel. Yep. And a hundred dollar gift certificate from the keg that starts mundane. Yes. And you can get it all on DaysCornerGarage.com. And you can actually enter on your phone. And by the way, uh, if you want to see what we look like, and uh, if you want to enjoy the show a second time, Facebook.com forward slash Dave's Corner Garage. Go on there and you can see us. Actually, it's on there for months. So I'm actually surprised about the numbers that we're actually pulling. Just see if the wall was at 380 rather than 400. Yeah. It would be a home run. It would have been a home run. It would have been. Is that the accent? See? That's the Dominican Republic accent. See? Don Diamo. Alan is the interpreter. (laughs) Okay. We'll be right back, senor, senorita. This is Dave's Corner Garage with Terry O'Keefe from OMVIC. We're going to take your calls right throughout the hour. It's your turn. Okay, we're back, and uh, we want to talk about buying a car, and buying a car is a complicated thing. On the ownership, there are all kinds of different brands, and that's the first thing we should talk about is branding. So we're going to ask Terry here to explain what branding is. So when you see it on the ownership, you know what you're buying. It doesn't mean like which brand, if it's a Chev or a Pontiac or a... No, this is a Worcester type brand. <laughs> a Worcester okay. type. Worcer type. Worcester, Worcer 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 type. type. <laughs> I looked that up. Brand X. Don't be buying Brand X, that's for sure. Yeah, so every vehicle in this province is branded. Not a brand, branded. branded. And there's four. And the first brand, and it's probably what most people own, it's a brand. If you looked at the ownership for your car, it'll say brand none. None. That doesn't mean there's no brand. It means it has the brand of none. And what that means is the vehicle's never been written off. Ah. It doesn't mean it's never been in an accident. Mm-hmm. It means it's never been written off. But if you did get in an accident and the car was written off, 
the insurance company is going to brand it one of two things. Irreparable. Which means? It can't be fixed. It can never go on the road again. It can only be sold for parts. Or it could be branded, and this is what happens to most of them, it's branded as salvage. Mm -hmm. Now, a salvage vehicle cannot be driven on the road until three things happen. It has to be repaired. It has to undergo and pass a structural inspection certificate. And then it has to pass a safety standards inspection. Once that occurs, the brand of salvage is changed to a brand of rebuilt, and the car can then be plated and put back on the road. So that's the fourth brand. That's the fourth brand is rebuilt. So you want to make sure, particularly if you're buying a car privately, look at the ownership document. Look to see, is this thing a rebuilt vehicle? Mm-hmm. It might meet, The car may have been rebuilt beautifully. But, it, you know, oftentimes those, you know, vehicles aren't rebuilt beautifully. And sometimes those repairs are of a, of a dubious quality. So it's just about knowing what you're buying. Because, of course, a vehicle that is branded as rebuilt, generally speaking, is going to be worth far less than a brand that, a vehicle that's not branded rebuilt. Now, this is something that the dealership would actually have to tell you. That's a great point. If a, if a dealer sells a vehicle that is branded as rebuilt, they must disclose it in writing on the bill of sale. And if they don't, it automatically triggers a customer's right to cancel the contract. So, okay, customer wants to cancel contract. How long can he keep this car before canceling? I didn't find out till about two months ago. So two months is within the window. So under yeah. the Motor Vehicle Dealers Act, failing to disclose that a vehicle is, re, is, is branded triggers automatic rescission up to 90 days after from taking delivery. Under the Consumer Protection Act, a consumer would you have to be a consumer, so a small business wouldn't apply, but a mm-hmm. consumer has up to one year for cancellation if the business commits an unfair business practice, which would mean making a false, misleading, or deceptive representation. And I would suggest failing to disclose that that vehicle was branded, rebuilt, would probably meet that test. Let's just quickly talk about a non-brand, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I had a, a fender bender, and I made a deal with the guy on the side of the road. Uh, he paid me that couple of grand, and I fixed the bumper, and nobody knows nothing. It didn't appear anywhere. didn't appear anywhere. Mm-hmm. So how does somebody, the consumer, find that out? It can be really hard. Yeah. So first thing is you want to buy a Carfax report. Right. Um, because the consumer, even though they paid for the repairs themselves, if the body shop used s- certain software to do the appraisal, right. yes. Carfax may have a record of it. Oh, they automatically get, the, not, get not, the report? Not necessarily, Okay. but often. And then, of course, the other thing that you want to do, if you're buying a car privately, take it to your mechanic for a pre purchase inspection. Get it looked at before you turn over a red cent. Very often we hear from consumers saying, I bought the car, I took it to my mechanic, and they've discovered these problems. They needed to take it to their mechanic before they bought the car because far easier to avoid that problem uh, than deal with it after the fact, after you own the car. Exactly. Once you've paid their money, um, you own it. It's your problem. But you know what? The psyche of of buying privately, I don't understand what the psyche is. Well, because people, well, but, but people don't look at it that way. They look at it, they're just thinking with their wallet. They're just thinking, how much can I save? And right. why would I buy it from a fancy dealership when I could buy it from my neighbor or somebody down the road or the guy I met at Tim Hortons uh, and save less money, save a whole lot of money? Yeah, but you have no recourse at all. When you're private, you buy it privately at the, at the McDonald's, mm-hmm. right? And something goes haywire, where do you go? You have to find the guy to sue the guy. Yes, but see, Dave, you know that. Sorry, Terry. You yeah. you know that, and, and, and I know that, and Terry knows that. But when someone's going to buy a car... They don't know there's rules. They don't know how they can get taken advantage of. They're the sheep that are just 
out to slaughter, really. There is so many rules and regulations that apply to car dealers about what they have to disclose yes. about a vehicle's past use, history, and condition. None of that applies to a private seller. No, you're on it your own. It is caveat emptor. You're on your own. And as you said, you have to find the seller if you can, because, of course, 25% of the private classified ads out there for cars are placed by these people we call curbsiders, illegal, unlicensed dealers. These are people in the business of selling cars, but they pose as private sellers. And very often those cars, they, they're not registered in their names. And they do it for two reasons. They do it because they don't want to pay the tax on transfer, but they also don't want the person who buys the car to ever be able to find them. And you also have uh, people who may have uh, young adults, maybe early 30s, who are just getting back into it. They may be looking for a first job, and they only have, like, say, 8 to 10K to work with, if that, and there's no way they're going to get something else. So they go that route. So what would you suggest to people who've got that kind of cash to work with? Well, there are dealers who do specialize in in, in that cars. that portion of the marketplace. So I would suggest you want to look at that. Um, if you are going to buy from a dealer, there's some things that you still have to do, especially if you're buying a car that is only eight or ten thousand dollars. You still want to take because it's likely that car's out of warranty. So you still, even if you're buying from a dealer, you want to take that car to your mechanic for an inspection. Uh, but if you're buying privately. There's a number of things you've got to do. You've got to ask to see the vehicle's ownership and ask for the seller's ID to make sure that they are the, the same. They're the same thing, right? Exactly. Yep. No, no, no. I'm selling it for my buddy. You've got He's to, in Afghanistan. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to get a Carfax history report to check for accidents. You've got to get make sure the seller provides you with the used vehicle information package, the UVIP. It's going to list all the previous owners of that vehicle in Ontario. It's going to have historical odometer information. And it's really important that you read it over carefully before you do because one of the things that we're seeing, unfortunately, especially with vehicles being sold privately and by curbsiders, is rollback odometers are making a comeback Whoa. huge. Mm-hmm. Yes. And That's big the, numbers, too. Like Even after all the publicity about, you know, you can buy these things and stay away, people are doing it still, huh? Big time. Well, it's amazing. You know, I, I can tell you how many people think a safety standard certificate is a warranty is a warranty and will save their hide yeah and that's the farthest thing from the truth it means the car met certain basic standards of safety on the date of inspection and there's a lot of really important and expensive parts of the car that aren't even checked in a safety inspection 100 percent. and we want to save your hide so if you got questions about uh your hide and uh, what to look for when going out and buy uh, maybe that second car Terry O'Keefe from Mombic is here for the hour. Plus calls of anything about your car, truck, SUV, maybe your trailer that you're getting ready for the summertime when it does get here. We'll take your calls right now. This is Dave's Corner Garage. You can follow us on Facebook. We'll be right back. The phones, they are humming. This is Dave's Corner Garage. You can follow us live on Facebook.com forward slash Dave's Corner Garage. And we've got a bunch of calls to get to. So, Dave, over to you on camera 32. I just wanted to mention that if you're going to buy a vehicle from the big three and you mentioned Dave's Corner Garage, they're going to give you $500 off. Cool. I don't know what you get off of what, (laughs) which is not bad. 500 bucks is a lot of scrugs. Anyways, uh, we have a question on extended warranties, and I thought I'd like to take that first. Uh, Jim's on the phone. Jim, good morning. How are you? Good morning. My hide is fine today. Thanks. How about you guys? (laughs) Great. Good. 
you were talking about saving hides. Um, you know, I, I'm going to buy a brand, uh, I always buy my cars brand new. Mm-hmm. I keep them indefinitely. In this case, I plan to buy um, a Dodge Grand Caravan, and um, I just can't decide whether it's um, wise to purchase an extended warranty. Some people say you're crazy, and others say because of all the electronics, you should purchase it. What is? What would you guys say about that? How many kilometers do I put on a year, per, you know, on an average year? Very, very little. I'm retired. My cars last me 15 years, right? That my last two cars. Well, even the extended warranty, you understand, is not going to go to that length. Uh, no. I mean. Exactly. What, what you may want to find out is if you need to buy the warranty from the get-go or can you, you know, decide on it six months later. Mm-hmm. Um, because then what you can do is just sort of get a feel for how your car is. Um, exactly. if, if you really don't have any problems with it and you figure it wasn't built on a Friday or a Monday, um, uh-huh. you know, and, and due to the fact that you really don't do a whole lot of driving, I, I think maybe you want to save the money and put it in the, you know, put it aside yourself. Um, right. that would be my suggestion. Uh, Terry, will you any comments on the warranties? I, I think it really depends on the person and, and the vehicle. He's going to keep it for a long time, it yeah. sounds like. Uh, so sometimes that means an extended warranty is a good idea. But at the same time, Jim is saying he's not going to drive it very much. Um, you know, so I think, and the other thing that you have to consider is the extended warranty from who? Because extended yeah. warranties are not created equal. Right. No. Right. So and, in this case, Jim, if, if you're buying it and the paper is held by Chrysler Canada. Yes. Okay. Well, then that would be a safe bet. But if it's on no name, blah, 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 insurance company, which, which you have to find out because just because a, a, a big dealer is selling it doesn't necessarily say the manufacturer is backing that up. Right, Terry? That, that's absolutely right. Yeah. And uh, so we have heard from consumers who thought they were buying an extended warranty from the manufacturer. And it turned out it was a third party extended warranty. Wow. And there are some, there are some good third party extended warranties out there. But again, they're not created equal and some provide much better protection and coverage than others. Let me tell you now the bad news. Say, for example, that you bought this extended warranty from a company X and it wasn't a, a, a manufacturer and company X happened to go out of business and you have a claim, the dealer has to stand good for it. That's right. That's right. right. And, and sometimes we, and the compensation fund, OMVIX compensation fund has also been in a position where it has had to pay out claims, uh, where dealers have sold an extended warranty. The warranty company is gone, uh, or the the dealer hasn't remitted the payment to the warranty company. Has been known to happen. And then the the dealer is gone and the compensation fund is there. So that is one of the, one of the benefits of buying from a dealer. Um, but yeah, and I think the other thing that you want to ask is how much is this warranty going to cost you? Yes. And could you afford to make repairs if they occurred, if you needed to replace a transmission, and I'm looking to the two guys beside me, what's a transmission uh, repair going to cost? Four or five thousand know, dollars. Do you have that money on hand? If you don't, that's a good idea. Maybe the extended warranty makes sense. I have but, a question. The extended warranty, you buy it, is it running concurrently with the manufacturer's warranty, or does it click on after the warranty? Well, that's what you have to look at because yeah. you know, sometimes they tell you that you know you've got a ten-year warranty, but you really find out you only got a four or five-year warranty, right? Because it's only going past the 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 balance of the factory warranty. So that's another caveat you have to look at: is when when does this warranty kick in? After the manufacturer's warranty is over, or is it running while the manufacturer's warranty is over or running, and you're just paying for nothing? Yeah, somebody at, that, at that point, the, the car is only worth about half the purchase price, if that. So if you buy a $30,000 automobile, by that time it's 15 yeah. or 12, and so you're paying the extended warranty to insure fit 12 to $15,000. Yeah. 
it is it's it, it's kind of a gray area. It, it is. takes a little bit of thought, and they're not cheap. They're like three thousand dollars sometimes. Wow. In these yeah. Well, thank you very much, Ellen. You're welcome. That's what I wanted to know. No All problem. right, Jim. Take care. Thank you. And by Bye. the way, they will finance it. By the way, the, the finance companies will finance the ex- the warranty. Warranties. Yeah. A- absolutely, because yeah. as you said, especially you know on a brand new vehicle, an extended yeah. warranty can be thousands of dollars. And yes, you can. That's one of the benefits of buying when you buy from the dealer. If you do want that extended warranty, it goes on the contract and it can be financed. Exactly right. And and to their benefit, they want to keep that vehicle running as long as possible. Because if it runs, you make payments. Car no run, I no make no payments. Ah, Steve, take us out, would you please? Okay, we got a bunch of questions that we're going to get to right after this, especially if you got anything about dealers that you're dealing with for a car. Uh, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. The phones, they are humming. This is Dave's Corner Garage, and we're going to go to Dave with a gentleman all the way out from Belleville, Ontario. Beautiful downtown Belleville. It's a gorgeous city. Got are a they traffic underwater ticket right there. now? Yeah, I don't know, but I got a traffic <laughs> ticket out there once. <laughs> uh, uh, let's go to Belleville. We're going to talk to Robert. Robert, you got a dealer question. You know, why won't the dealer tell you who owned the vehicle? Uh, I don't know. It's, I, we're obviously talking about a used vehicle. Oh, there may be some privacy issues involved mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, especially if it's a trade-in, uh, they may not want to. Uh, but, Robert, if you did want to find out who owned a vehicle previously, uh, you can go to Service Ontario and for $20 buy that used vehicle information package, the UVIP, and it will list all the names of every previous owner in Ontario. If it's a business, it'll give you the address. If it's an individual, it will tell you the town or city that that person lived in, but it won't give you their address. But everybody can, anybody can do that? Anyone, is, if you just need the VIN for the car. Yeah. If you yeah, take like the VIN. I know if he still had the ownership, the, uh, the manual, eh? Oh, so you still, I got you, no manual with it. I'd like to go to the owner, but they're not obligated to tell you anything, eh? No. Hang on a second. So anybody can go into the license office and get this they, information. They can take the VIN, if they can get the VIN from yeah. the car or the plate. We've already bought it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to know who owned it. Yeah, well, there you go. You go to the license office, you take your serial number, and you buy for $20 this package, and they'll tell you who the previous owner was. It, it's called the Used Vehicle Information Package. But why won't the... Why, the, <laughs> as I said, the dealer may not, because the, the dealer may have privacy concerns about releasing the names and contact information of clients, which seems fairly reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now I have another question. What kind of car is this? What's well, a 213 Silverado. Okay. You can go on the internet and you can pick up a manual for nine bucks. Oh. Just go on, on eBay and they'll send you a CD. It costs you nine dollars or you can download it immediately. Is that the RTFM manual? RTFM. Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make clarity on that. And, and you know what? When you got it down, I was put in the washroom because that's the only place <laughs> you're going to read it. <laughs> but the, the other thing, if this vehicle was traded into the dealership, uh, Certainly, you could ask the dealer, and there's nothing yes. that compels them to do it, but you could ask them to reach out to the person who traded it in to see if they have it. Um, but if the dealer bought this at an auction, uh, they they probably don't even know the name of the previous owner. It was it would be another exactly de- right. it would be another dealership. And then, I think it was a trade in because it has a dealer's name on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would do that. You know, I, I ran into that once when they, we were missing keys. Mm-hmm. Keys mm-hmm. are extremely expensive. They're sometimes six seven hundred dollars. Yes. And so we we contacted the original owner to get a, a set of keys, and he had the keys with him. So it does happen. Uh, UVIP package is the way to go. Already. Thank Thanks, you. Robert. Thanks for your call, buddy. You know, okay. the manufacturers have actually been getting away from doing a lot of big manuals nowadays because it costs so much. They yeah. figure they save a tree for every manual they don't make. A You're tree. Kidding. 
Yeah. All right, next we're going to go to the States right now. We're going to West Seneca. We're talking to Joe, and he's got a warranty question. Joe, what's your question? Well, my question is, I, I plan on buying a car in Nashville, Tennessee, you know, and uh, they say that it's car check, touch certified, uh, ASC inspection, road tested. Are those cars safe to buy? Hmm. It's in Knoxville, Tennessee? Yeah. I think you just answered your question. You know what? 51,000 miles, and I'm interested in buying it because that's a car I like. Can you get somebody to check the car? No. Uh, That's the first mistake. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to want an appraisal done. You know, I I would check the yellow pages or check the phone book to find out if there's anybody can do an appraisal in the town where you're thinking of buying the car. Uh-huh. Okay, and then once your own guy has done the inspection, then you have a better chance. But just to buy it and have it shipped, you're taking a huge uh, well, yeah, chance. There's so many. Joe, and, and this may be a – is this a dealer that's selling this car? Yeah. And have you – like I would call up the Tennessee uh, Department of Motor Vehicles or whoever regulates dealers there and make sure that this dealership actually exists. And that this is a bona fide uh, retailer. And I say that because there are so many scams out there, including scams where cars are advertised and they advertise them, you know, uh, in different countries, even different jurisdictions uh, at really great prices. And they've got fancy websites. They've got all kinds of referrals. They look like they look like the best used car dealership out there, but the dealership doesn't exist and neither do the vehicles. And so you need to take some steps before you buy a car sight unseen. You need to take steps to protect yourself. Make sure that the seller is is real. Make sure the car exists. And I think Alan gave you some really good advice. If you can hire someone down in Nashville, an appraiser or even a mechanic, to go and look at the car and do that and do a pre-purchase inspection, make sure the car's real, the seller's real, and that the vehicle's in the condition that it's been represented yeah. as. Remember, we've had all those floods and everything through these two Texas and, and Katrina and all, of these, all those storms. Those flood cars exist. They just didn't disappear. So the reality is you could be involved in a flood car and, and just bought headaches. I mean, it could be a great car. But because you can't see it before you buy it, yep. you need to take some steps to protect yourself before you turn over any money. Exactly. I mean, we have to take the devil's advocate role here because so many times we see people get burned, eh? Yes. Right. Buy in haste and repent in leisure. Okay, Joe, thanks, thanks. for your question. Good luck in uh, okay. Tennessee. Okay. And, you know, especially, too, you know, people are so savvy on computers nowadays. You could take a report that looks good and change it up completely. Or, or well, I guess you, you have a bad report and you want to change it up. Um, <laughs> it can be done quite easily, eh? Let's talk to Bob quickly. He's asking a question. We can't. We can't. We, we can't. we got we to take a break. Watch oh, the sorry, producer. Bob. Watch the producer there, Dave. Hear the music. <laughs> time listen to, to a thing. Time to take a break. <laughs> okay, we got lots of calls to get to. Terry O'Keefe from Mom Biggest no, In. Next, Ellen. Ellen, we're going to talk to Ellen Campbell from Abuse Hurts, a really cool donation. She's Eileen's sister, by the way. Don't get him more confused than he always is. Wait, isn't that your wife's name? Leave my wife out of this. Got her on. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Lots of calls to get to. This one especially is a really interesting uh, call in, and I'm going to leave it over to Dave. Take care of it. You know, well, we fool around a lot around here, but uh, and when we get serious, it's serious. And uh, we have uh, Elaine <laughs> Campbell with us on the phone. Elaine is with Abuse Hurts. This is a vehicle donation program. Uh, what we're asking is if you have a vehicle that you want to get rid of uh, that has some value or no value, Elaine will actually have it picked up and have it sold, and the money goes to help abuse people. Elaine, good morning. Good morning, Dave. 
Tell me, how did you get started in, in, in this program? Well, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, so I started it 26 years ago in the basement of my house, never expecting it to grow. But I always say um, abuse is like cancer. If it hasn't happened to you, you, you know someone. So this specific program is one of many programs where we support women and children coming out of shelters. Lots of times they leave with the clothes on their back. So we provide clothing for the women and their children, housewares, sometimes furniture. Um, so that's our, our main program, but we, we work with First Nations. We also work with men. Uh, everybody thinks it's just women, but there's a lot of men that are dealing with abuse. And um, and then we have a program where we actually bury abandoned babies. There's two or three newborns a year that are thrown in the garbage. Wow. We've buried 11, and we're working on legislation, which is one of our programs, to make it possible for a woman to take a baby to a hospital and not get charged with abandonment. They have it in the States, and they've saved thousands of babies. So we have many programs, but because we lobby for legislative reform, we do not take any government funding. We have to raise all our own money. So this program is critical for us, really, to uh, to keep doing what we're doing. So if we have an abandoned vehicle or one that we are no longer using because we're not driving anymore, uh, we just we call you up, you pick it up, and then you liquidate the car. Yes. We, I have four amazing partners. I have DOMS um, and 404 Auto Recycling, AOR, and Kenny Upal. They are amazing um, people that have come on board. So we really cover uh, you know, most of Ontario. And so wherever you are and wherever as far as reach as your program goes, we can certainly pick the car up. You just call that one eight five five two three four five six seven seven, and someone will make arrangements to pick your car up um, pretty quickly. And then they assess the value. If it's a scrap car, obviously it's the value of scrap metal. But mm-hmm. many times the car is what they call a cutter as you probably know, mm-hmm. doing what you do. and um, Or, you know, it can be driven. So depending on the value of the car is the value of your tax receipt that we issue. So it could go anywhere from $100 to a couple thousand dollars then, correct? A minimum couple of hundred. Minimum couple hundred right up to, yes, yes, whatever value the car is, for sure. Now, if we just wanted to make a donation rather than give you a car, we can do that also? Absolutely. You can just go online to abuse her. And if any of your listeners are looking for help, um, you know, we we are referral resource center for women and men. So perhaps you have people that listen to you that are trying to deal with some of their issues, addiction. Uh, we can certainly help them. Yeah, and it's not just uh, we're talking about men. We're talking about elder abuse also, where the caregivers, Absolutely. you know, lost patients. I can't take it anymore. And they take it out on the on the older folk. Exactly. Or financial abuse is huge with the elderly. And then the elderly are isolated a lot, so they end up getting addicted to prescription drugs a lot. So it's, um, you know, and we're all we're all going to be elderly one day, so mm-hmm. we really need to take care of the elderly. You know, and Ellen, just to drop in for a second, for people who uh, may have a car that they, you know, they, they're not going to get any more money for it, but it's still in good shape, they can call you directly and then you can pick up the car and uh, get some decent money for it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Well, we, yeah, absolutely. Well, we work with these yards, so they, they do all the processing for us. I wouldn't have a clue what to, to you know, give yeah. us a, an amount. But, but the people we work with, they're very honorable. They're quality yards. And, and what's your, what's your website again, Ellen, that people can uh, go to and find out more? 
Sure. It's abusehurts.ca. Abusehurts.ca. Great work. Mm-hmm. We'll hope to get you, you back on the air again soon. Thank you so much. Okay, Appreciate have a good weekend. It. Thank you. You know, just as a thought, you know, you get dealerships taking trade-ins that are worth nothing. Mm-hmm. Phone these folks up and yeah. just hand the car over and get a receipt. It's worth more Great than they're going to get from the wholesaler. Great cuz. Good stuff. Okay, lots of calls to get to before the hour is out. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage, and Dave owes his money, but we'll leave it right there. That's because so, I said Eileen and not Elaine. Yeah, but that's a, it's a phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal cause. Alan. So the website, Alan, it's Alan. It's a third one. <laughs> All right, the next one's really easy. Children. It's only three letters, All okay? Right. Can, Bob. And even backwards, it's the same, okay? Bob in Scarborough has got a question about oil. There you go, another three-letter word. Bob, what can we do for you? Yeah, it won't take me long. I'm not sure you'll understand it because I don't understand it myself. But anyway, I bought a new Avalon, and it takes a synthetic. And I also have an old camera. It's a 2002 with about 150 on it. It runs like a top, and uh-huh. I use a 1030 in it. But just to get a, an oil change on it is 40 50 bucks at wherever you go. But there are places around that will do it for 20 bucks. So is that recycled oil and maybe Chinese mm. uh, knockoffs on filters, or should I use that? Well, I think what you should do is ask them what they're using for product. I mean, they shouldn't be shy to show you, you know, what kind of parts they're putting in the car. Well, if I put the uh, synthetic in the old car, it's going to wash it out and, and make it noisy. You know? Well, synthetic oil change is usually $100 or plus. Yeah, but, I know. So that's why I'm right? for the $20 one, right? So that's well, what I'd probably suggest is, is if, you're, if your Avalon is still under warranty, then don't fool around because the no, menu. Manuf- no, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. That's what the, that's what it burns. You can't put the regular stuff in it, but the old stuff is the uh, ten thirty. And I've come from the age when I used to go to Loblaws yeah. and buy a gallon for a buck, right? Right. So the question is, can you switch? Is that what you're saying? No, no, I don't. I don't want to switch. I'm always burning the ten thirty in the old car. Uh-huh. So I'm, my question is, you can get that oil change at ten thirty for. 45 bucks at an oil changer, but there are some around that advertise it for 20 out the door with a filter. Could be a lost leader. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. See, what you're looking at there is that the, the people are running that cheap oil change just to get you in the in, inside the shop. And then once the car's up on the hoist... Price on the gonna, hoist is not the price on the ground. Exactly. So they're going to try to sell you an air filter, which you may or may not need. They're going to try to sell you a pollen filter, which you may or may not need. And you know, giggly service, because your giggly needs to be lubricated once in a while. Uh, those are silly things that, 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 me? that they're going to try to do. And then that's why you're there. So if you can find an honest one that... Because at 20 bucks, you're right, you're losing, you're losing money. Of course. Yeah, you can't be doing that. The filter's so. 8 $10. The oil is at least... Uh, Thanks for your call, Bob. Got to uh, run. Yeah. Good question, though. You know, it does, make, it does make sense. Well, exactly. It's funny how people don't realize that. If you see a price that's too good to be true, probably ain't. Let's talk to... Uh, Didi. Didi. And Didi's calling in from Scarborough. Didi, what can we do for you? Good morning. Hi. Um, I have a 2011 Subaru Forester, which I inherited from my late brother-in-law. Uh-huh. And I really don't need two vehicles in my driveway. I'd like to sell one, but I was informed by a neighbor that there is a motor problem with these uh, this year of uh, Forrester uh, and the oil levels as well. Was that the one you want to keep or the one you're thinking no, about selling? I want to sell it. There's only 88,000 miles on it. Okay. So could you enlighten me a little further on this? Well, I'd... I I wouldn't want to sell it and then find that the person who bought it is having problems. 
Well, then don't sell to a friend. There you go. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know that they've had any specific problems. I, I do see them on occasion where they leak a little bit of oil from head gaskets. Yeah, head gasket issues. But yeah. um, it's not necessarily something you've got to jump into. Um, besides mean, the fact that, yeah. that, you know, Didi, if you're selling somebody a, a car that's six or seven years old, their responsibility really isn't yours. It, um, you can say, here's the car, have it checked by your mechanic. And uh, once they've had it checked on their own, you know, the onus is really left off of you now. So you've not heard about any uh, engine problem? Not major problem at all, no. You oh. can actually, Didi, go on. Are you, are you good with computers? Um, no, I really don't want to get <laughs> mixed okay. up with it. <laughs> so, but I'm just saying you can get somebody to look it up for you. Just punch up under Google and search it, see if there is issues, mm-hmm. right? And I have not heard of any issues on this vehicle other than what Alan said, oil leaks from the head gaskets. Mm-hmm. And th- that's a common problem. But. Right. Generally, Subarus, you shouldn't have a problem selling it. Most people love their Subarus. Yeah. And uh, it's a huge market for them. Oh, good cars. What's your other car? And well, oh, there's one other thing I I'm, was going to suggest. I'm driving um, a 2005 Mazda 6, which I just love. Oh, great. Okay, Terry, <laughs> hey, you want to say something? So uh, quiet. The, mo- the engine is quiet, and I'm quite happy with it. Great. I was going to suggest if Dee Dee does have real concerns about about the condition of the vehicle, um, she could sell it to a dealer. Right uh, now. Keep in mind, Didi, you're not going to get what you would probably get selling it privately because the dealer's mm-hmm. only going to pay you a wholesale value. But if you are concerned about the condition of the vehicle, uh, that is something else that you could consider. And now it's now that the dealer has the responsibility of you know reconditioning that vehicle before they sell it. There Alrighty? you go. Okay. <laughs> Didi done good. <laughs> Thanks, Didi. Thanks, for your call. Didi. Thanks for the call. I tell you the truth, I'd sell a Mazda and keep the keep, keep the, the Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> I like the Subaru. They, you know, they've got all-wheel drive perfectly uh, working. Um, you have one? I have a 2003 Subaru. There you go. And how's it yeah. been? It's an awesome little vehicle. There you go. Subaru is the Japanese word for the Pleiades Galaxy. Which That's means? why you have the stars on the hood there. Okay, how come you can get that phrase, but you can't get Ellen? <laughs> Elaine. <laughs> Elaine, yeah. Eileen. Okay, we're back to Seinfeld right now. This is Dave's Corner Garage off the rails like usual. We'll be right back. Stay with us. The last segment of Dave's Corner Garage. Yeah. And you I, want, you wanted was, to throw something out there, didn't you? Yes, I did want to say, if you're a dealer, used car dealer, new car dealer, and you're taking that trade-in that really has no value, mm-hmm. uh, donate it to AbuseHurts.ca. Uh, I think it's a worthy cause, and I'm going to phone everybody that I know and, and request that. I think that's a great idea. We, want, we don't need any more lead sleds in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> lead sleds. You know why they're called lead sleds, Sleeve? Is that you want sleeve? You've known me for 10 years. You call me sleeve. A little Bob. I was talking to Eileen. Before we go away, uh, I wanted Terry to go over quickly to tell us how you recognize a curbsider so that you don't get stung. Uh, There's some some things that you can do to protect yourself. You know, if the vehicle is not registered in the seller's name or it's only been registered in their name for a few weeks or a couple of months. Mm hmm that may be a very good sign that you're dealing with a curbsider. If it's priced below market value, and they can often advertise their vehicles cheaper than, but you might be selling your good use Honda Civic for because it's a rebuilt wreck. Right, exactly. Or it's got a rolled back odometer. Yes. Which actually, big... that'll, that'll drive the price up on it. <laughs> of course. suddenly that car is worth back. a lot more. Yeah, and we <laughs> see that. You know, you can have a car that's got 200Ks on it legitimately, and all of a sudden they roll it back to 99 
and you've doubled the value of the car. Absolutely, absolutely. Minus the cost of the rollback. <laughs> uh, if they don't want you, if they don't want you to have the car inspected, and sometimes there'll be an excuse. Oh, I've taken the plates off it, so there's no insurance. Dead, insurance dead ringer. Yeah. So often we hear that, and I, you know, we run a shop. We do pre vehicle and pre purchase inspections. <laughs> pre. You got to do it before, and uh, you know the people will say, "Well, they told me that they haven't got a dealer plate, or they don't have insurance." All those are excuses. There's no reason why you shouldn't have it, and a legitimate dealer will understand that people want to do that. It's normal. You know what? I don't think I'm wrong, but I think if you can drive an ex- a replacement vehicle, your insurance will cover it. Mm-hmm. So if it's got plates on it, you can drive it. Your insurance will cover it because it's a replacement vehicle. So I, I think I would check on that. Well, and the other thing that I would suggest is mm-hmm. if this is if this is supposed to be a private sale, right? And you go there, and it's actually a business. Oh, you know, that's a huge red flag. If the car does have a dealer plate on it, and supposedly a private seller, or the yellow service plate, yeah, and it's supposed to be a private seller, those are telltale signs you're dealing with a curbsider. And of course, the very first one that you can do when you call about the car or you text about that vehicle or you or you email them, just say, just say, I'm calling about the car you have for sale. And if they say, which one? Which car? <laughs> and Guaranteed, you know, there's you're more than one. with a curbsider. And take pictures, right? Like you said before, take a picture when you go. Now, Terry Omvik has actually got together and put some videos together, eh? For people, you know, all these are great tips, but if you weren't listening today... Um, and you can go to the website, right? Yeah, omvic.ca. We've got some really great resources there about how to buy a car, whether it's from a dealer or, or if you're thinking about buying privately, how to protect yourself. And there's something very new that we just launched. It's called the Omvic Academy. Mm-hmm. It's a series of five videos. It covers topics like understanding all-in price advertising, financing, uh, the benefits of buying from a dealer and how to protect yourself buying privately. And there's a car buying uh, book and checklist that you can download. It's a great resource. You can actually sit there if you're buying from a dealer mm-hmm. in the uh, in the salesperson's desk and tick the boxes. Did I ask this? Is you know Were the promises put on the bill of sale and these types of things? And it'll help make sure that you're taking all the steps necessary to protect Why yourself. Why is it? It's, it's, a, it's the second most expensive p- piece of equipment you're going to buy other than your house. Mm-hmm. And they don't take it serious. It's like, you know, haha, I'm going to buy a car. Instead of, I'm buying a car and I'm going to live with this thing for 10 years and I'm either going to be happy or I'm going to be unhappy. Well, they certainly don't expect to be unhappy. I, I think it's a case of, the go- you know, people think that there's a government agency somehow, somewhere, which will cover their butt if something goes awry. And, and it, again, Omvic will if you buy it from a dealer. But if you don't, you're on your own. It's the Wild West. Yeah. yeah but I'm just saying, it's, <laughs> the, the public doesn't make, make sense to me to, to be so so... Cavalier about purchasing a vehicle. I've always found when you pull up to a guy who's got a car and he's trying to sell it to you, when you pull up to their place and you see flags being sold and bicycles as well, mm-hmm. you know you got a pretty good chance that's not going to be a good deal. <laughs> I always wonder if the car's pointing out it's for sale. Or flowers. If it's pointing in, it's not for sale. Would you like my flowers, a flag, or a car? <laughs> people, people do a lot of research on what car to buy yeah. and very little research on how to buy it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that's, again, I'm you know, plug our website, but omvic.ca has a lot of information on how to buy a car. If you're buying from a dealer, you can ch- you can search that dealership there, see if there are charges or convictions, that type of thing. Uh, Do it's your a homework. lot of great hey, information. Al, maybe we should send Dave to uh, the academy. <laughs> I've been there. If he graduates, we'll get him a hat. And I was going to say that, you know, if you're buying cars in the country, the higher the grass under the car, the cheaper the car is. <laughs> <laughs> a sled? Right. What was it called again? A sled? A lead sled. A lead sled. 
All righty. Uh, I want a big, a big thank you to Abuse Hurts, Elaine. No, no Ellen. Ellen Campbell. Ellen Campbell. You've been abusing her name all whole day. You know, <laughs> seriously. Good. I really want to thank her because I think that's really an important uh, uh, subject that we should be talking about. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. O'Keefe. Always a pleasure. I s- said that correctly. I've <laughs> <laughs> only known him eight years. <laughs> Are you the professor on the uh, videos? No. Oh. No. Alan, thank you. Steve, Anytime. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you. We're out of here. This all is right. Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be back next week. Stay tuned and you can watch us on Facebook.com forward slash Dave's Corner Garage. And remember the contest next week. Bingo! Have a good weekend. Bye-bye, everybody. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.